Welcome to the MBI Edge podcast, where we explore the backgrounds of interesting individuals and how they intersect with our building industry in Iowa. I'm your host, Ben Hammes, and I'm going to bring to you topics that help educate, develop, grow, and enhance you and your company. Morning, Jake. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, you bet. Excited to be here today. Where well, we are very excited to have you coming up at our annual winter conference. Jake's going to be keynoting our Build Iowa Breakfast on Tuesday. And we thought this would be a good opportunity to give you, the listener, kind of a flavor of what Jake's going to be bringing to the conference. But the first thing I wanted to say was thank you for being here, because what I know about reading in your background is that you're not a fly-in, fly-out guy for these types of conferences. You spend some time with the people beforehand, after the event, and obviously being here today on the podcast, uh, you're showing your uh, commitment to this conference. So really appreciate you being here. Can you do an introduction for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for that. I, there's on rare occasions where you're hopping in and hopping out just based on travel and everything else. But for the most part, uh, I want to be there to add value and, and connect. And I think we know the power of community and relationships. That's what our associations are about, right? building relationships to help each other get better. And so it's hard to do if you're not sitting there having a conversation, a cup of coffee, a beer uh, with folks having those face-to-face -face conversations, which is what I love doing. Uh, to give everyone a snapshot, so my name is Jake Thompson. I am the founder uh, and chief encouragement officer, as I love to say, at the brand Compete Every Day, which I started back in 2011. Today, I spend my time as a keynote speaker, published author. Uh, in fact, by the time of the conference, my second book will be out on shelves. And I just go around the country working with a lot of leaders in construction, working with a lot of leaders in a few other industries on how we become better at competing every day. Not with everyone else, because we ultimately don't control everyone else, but with the person we see in the mirror in order to build a better culture, build and develop better leaders, and make the type of impact for our clients that we desire to do. That's great. Talk to me about some of the clients you've spoken with. I know you have some history with AGC. Uh, our president, yeah, CEO, yeah. So, Chad, I think saw well, you at a conference. Yeah, Chad and I got to meet at the AGC Executive Council uh, retreat in La Jolla a couple of years ago and have had the opportunity to work with AGC chapters in Minnesota, Kansas, Virginia, Texas. Uh, by the time of our conference, I'll have done Utah, Nebraska, South Dakota. So quite a bit of experience in the AGC space. And then outside of that, I've worked with groups like Titleist Golf, Diamonds Direct, uh, Genentech Pharmaceutical Sales, um, real estate organizations and associations. So for my career, we bounce in a few spaces, but predominantly I'm going to spend the majority of my time with construction leaders, with sales leaders, and then with franchise leaders. Now, we were talking a little bit before we got started here. Um, the challenges that you see state to state are not unique. They, right? They, they, it's a, it's a, a, an issue of, I think what, what I, what I read or what I saw you say on a YouTube clip one is that it's no longer a people problem. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's been the, the default for years, maybe, uh, that we say, you know, our biggest problem is we just don't have the people. We don't have the right people. We can't find the right people. We can't find the right talent. And there has been challenges in finding staffing, especially given what 2020 and 2021 created uh, from an income standpoint, from a supply chain standpoint, from things outside of our control. However, what we see more often than not is it's not a people problem, it's a training and development problem. 
And there's a number of statistics to back that up in terms of organizations' long-term growth. 60% of new managers fail within the first 18 months in the job. And I don't think that means we're hiring a ton of wrong people. I think we're hiring people, promoting them, and then not equipping them to succeed. 87% of, of organizations report that leadership development throughout the entire organization is vital to their long-term success, yet less than 5% are actually implementing leadership development throughout the organization. And what we see statistically is most organizations are spending less than $4,500 a year to develop their leaders and managers. And for those listening that have gone through the process of firing or hiring and recruiting, you know the cost associated every time you have to bring someone in and replace someone that didn't work. It's far and far and away and above that $4,500 investment from a company-wide standpoint. And so really what we see and where we're trying to help those in this space is how do we better identify the traits of those successful leaders? And then how do we actually train them? How do we create a system and a plan that's going to equip them so that they can manage better? But more than that, we can't just manage tasks and manage jobs. We have to develop people. We have to lead. And, and a better way to look at leadership is coach. How do we coach up and develop those people so that regardless of where we are within our career, we're ultimately replacing ourselves, not in a, hey, get rid of me type role. But if you're a person who can coach up and develop others, you're always going to have a job and an opportunity because that's a highly valuable skill set that can be learned and once learned greatly help any organization. Well, I think that speaks to a lot of people's challenges that you just you just spoke about. We we often talk about in the industry project management versus people management. We are really 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 good at project managing. We 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 lack the people management. So are you going to show these folks how to develop that type of a culture through this uh, through your speech or yeah, through your, so or through the breakout? I should say probably more importantly. Yeah, so we have the two programs. So the, the opening program, Lead Better Now, is based on that second book that's dropping in January around leadership. It's really designed for that new manager, new leader, that person who has been in that role and just kind of feels stuck. And so what we're going to do is kind of pull back the curtain on a couple of key pieces of that leadership involving yourself, which we believe everything foundationally from leadership starts there. But how do you connect and coach up your people? And then once we get into the breakout, it's going to be split between the two of really controlling the controllable starts with the person in the mirror and creating the habits and systems to develop ourselves as leaders more consistently, because we honestly just don't wake up one day and we're suddenly a better leader. We're better at connecting. We're better. At None of that just happens. So how do we create the systems to continually improve ourselves? And then what are the things that we can do with our team, knowing that you essentially can't motivate a person, you can't get them to lead, but what you can do is pour into them and invest in them and see, okay, are they going to take this opportunity to develop? And if not, how do I find the people within my organization who want it, pour into them and develop them so that we know, okay, once we're moving from project to you know people management and really becoming a culture that's managing and developing people versus just managing our projects we can really weather any storm much better. So we're going to dive into a lot of that. Um, but I truly believe everything from a leadership standpoint, uh, even as stereotypical as it sounds, starts with the person in the mirror. Because every one of us have been in those spots where we've heard somebody say it, and then we've seen somebody do the complete opposite. And people lose buy-in immediately at that point. And so what are the little bitty things that maybe we tend to overlook from a leadership standpoint that we can do to better connect with our people, 
to focus and help them focus on what's in our control, not the market, not the supply chain, not, hey, we're shorthanded today. What are we doing within our control to handle any situation over the next five to 10 years? Because we have no idea what's coming, especially based on what the last five years have been like. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we're all victims of, of the, uh, of the same mentality. You have to identify the problem in the mirror first. I think that's very, very true in this industry. And I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's just this industry, but in a lot of business, you just have those people that just don't like change. How do you motivate them to actually understand that this is not only critical to the long-term success of their people, but to their company and to everything they have in front of them? How do you motivate them? Yeah, that's, and that is, you're right. That is a challenge in a number of industries right now of people being very cemented in their ways. And I think the first real piece of that is to build the relationship with the individual because you have to get the buy-in. You have to get them to trust you. You have to build it. Then you have to talk and explore what the motivations are for them and share why this helps them. At the end of the day, everybody just cares what's in it for me. And we tend to overlook it of like, well, this is what's best for everyone else without saying, actually, if we do this, if we can make this adjustment, if you can step up and do this, here's how in the next three months, it's going to benefit you by actually making it easier. So when yeah. we get into the program and we talk about ways to build trust with your team, it takes a little bit of upfront work, 10 to 15 minutes scheduled two, three, four times a week. Things you're like, I don't really have the time for that. But when you pull out and say, okay, if you did that for a month, Here's what it could look like in six to 12 months. Then you get people to start looking at that picture a little bit differently of what's in it for me. It's it's almost like the fitness standpoint of, hey, doctor's like, hey, you got to improve your health. You need to get to walk and you need to be working out. I don't really want to do that. I don't like going to the gym. I don't like doing this. Cool. If in three to four months you haven't done this, we're going, you're going to have to have surgery. You're going to go under the knife. We don't have any promises. But if you do do this, we can help prevent that. And you may start feeling better, have more energy. So it's that idea of how do we get to the motivation in the moment to explain what the long-term effects can be if we mm. do this, as well as paint the picture of what happens if we don't. And, and we've heard the quote, Steve Jobs was famous for it, and I, and I love to share it. What if we pour into and invest in our people and they leave? What if we don't and they stay? Mm. And that's where we get trapped in a lot of organizations is if we don't have the training and development, if our managers and leaders currently don't have the the routines and the habits to pour and connect, then we just create the same cycle. And the people that stay are not the ones that are trained and develop. And the people that are within our organization who want to get better, who want to be coached, who want to grow, they're going to ultimately leave to go somewhere where they feel are developing them. And so that just, and not in that moment, but over time spells the doom for our organization. And so we really want to be mindful of how do we develop those people. And understanding this for anybody listening, it's not your fault if you weren't trained on how to lead and manage. It is your responsibility if you decide today going forward whether you're going to continue the cycle or make a change. And that's where we have to understand. It's like you can't help if you were born into a specific family or situation or environment. However, at a certain point, once you are aware of that, it becomes your responsibility to either accept it or change it. And that's where I'm excited about getting together with the association and, and the two breakouts is, People coming to this event want to get better. They have mm -hmm. that desire of how, how can I learn something? How can I go back? And so how can we empower and equip those people to say, hey, draw a line in the sand. You may not have been trained. Let's learn some things now 
that you can implement. And then we'll go make sure that the cycle stops and the managers and leaders within your organization that are younger start to get the training that you wish you had versus, well, nobody trained. It's kind of like the old school, like I got hazed as a football player. So I'm going to haze the next generation versus saying like, no, like just because I wasn't trained doesn't mean I want to set the next group up for failure too. Right. And how, and, and what a moment you have to really develop that individual. If you don't capture that moment, you wreck their confidence and you'll never get them back. You yep. Shove them out and you'll spend, like you said, more time, more money in getting the right people back in. And you got to start the whole cycle over again. And why not just do it right up front? I had a, I had a guy, we did a lunch breakout at a, at another chapter um, this past year after a keynote. And during the conversation, one of the guys came up and two of them actually, and the organization, one of them worked for, we'll, we'll say it's, unhealthy. It was a very toxic style environment. And he was just like, I just want to learn. I want to grow. I want to develop. The guy that was with him had been at the organization and realized I'm not going to get developed here. So I'm leaving. And mm. so he left. And so he was asking me, he's like, should I do the same? I feel like I'm quitting on some of my team. And so we talked about this idea of control what's in your sphere. So the mm. people that are directly in your charge, how are you coaching and developing them versus using the excuse that the rest of the organization is not doing it? So I don't have to do it. I said, and if you pour into those folks, perhaps you can create chain reactions out. You can start to coach upward, which we see. It's a lot harder, uh, but it is possible. And then after a point where you've exhausted every opportunity, then you can decide, is this the long-term fit for me or not? Mm -hmm. And if the organization as a whole doesn't see, oh my gosh, this leader's pouring into their people. Look how their team seems to be more effective, more collaborative. What are they doing differently? How do we implement it company-wide? If, if nobody's having that picture, then yeah, perhaps you need to move on. But you don't want to abandon ship as a as a leader or manager unless you've done everything you can to pour into those people and develop them because you want to give them the best shot. But more importantly, you want to be able to have that peace of mind that I did everything in my ability to develop them versus quick hook. Yeah. Well, contractors are very competitive and everybody yeah. knows in this industry, if you are a good name, the position, superintendent, project manager, vice president, CFO, it, 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 carpenter, it doesn't matter if you're good, somebody's going to come find you. And if you're not happy where you're at, you're going to go find that company that's going to develop you. So I'm excited about this message, Jake. Um, I'm actually even more excited that we were able to convince a Texan to come to Iowa in February. So here's your heads up warning. Dude, it's going to be cold. I, I have laughed. So that's the funny part. I've laughed because my January, February travel is South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and we have one other one and it's all like, pack your coat, your snow boots, let's go giddy up. As long as I can get in and out, y'all handle snow and ice way better than we do in Texas. So I I'll be fine. You're a glutton for punishment. I tell you what. But, uh, you know, I will say on the rare year, sometimes I have seen this not very often, but I've seen some people go out there and find a, uh, an Indian winter day, and have a 65, 70 degree day on the golf course in February. It doesn't happen very often, but I've seen it happen. So I'm maybe we'll get lucky. my fingers. Yeah, exactly. Jake, tell uh, tell the audience before I let you go, where can they find you? Uh, you know, we're going to do a ton of marketing. They're going to see your face. They're going to see the headline. They're going to be signing up for your breakout and for your keynote. But where can they find you online? Yeah. So if you want to get a, a teaser of some of the stuff we talk about and what we do, uh, easiest place for me is LinkedIn. 
so you can search LinkedIn, Jake Thompson, you'll see a performance coach and speaker. Uh, and then I hang out most often on social media at Instagram, Jake Thompson speaks. And then to check out our brand, our work, if you're that competitive person who's like, ah, I need to find out more about this, competeeveryday.com is our website that'll take you everywhere from our merchandise to the books to the podcast and out from there. Well, I'm sure we'll talk between uh, now and February. Jake Thompson with Compete Every Day. Thank you for being here today, and we look forward to seeing you in February. Dude, can't wait for February. See everybody then. All right. Thanks, everybody. It's been real. A sponsorship with MBI can be a great way for your company to gain exposure to a wide demographic of construction professionals. Annually, about 1,500 people attend our winter conference this year coming up on February 27th and 28th. Your biggest opportunity to get in front of those construction professionals is at that winter conference and through a sponsorship. Jump online on our website, www.mbi.build, to learn more about the opportunities for our annual winter conference. Hey, hey.